0: Talking about the supernatural, and this month in particular, we've been talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and we said that is because you cannot, you cannot uh, talk about the supernatural without an experience of the Holy Spirit. It's the experience of the Holy Spirit that ushers us into the realm of the supernatural, for us to walk in the supernatural and to experience the supernatural. Amen. So we must be familiar with the Holy Spirit if we are going to walk in the supernatural. Um, and so far, from the, about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we realized that the Holy Spirit has been with us ever since. Some people uh, have the conception or the misconception that the Holy Spirit only came in the New Testament. But we realize that the Holy Spirit as God existed even before creation amen and that is why even in the beginning the very beginning from genesis 1 we see that the spirit of god hovering over the waters amen and uh, he worked in the old testament came upon some of the prophets some of the people in the old testament and used them amen but then in the new testament we have the promise that jesus gave to his disciples that a day is coming that the holy spirit will now come and empower them and pour out upon them and strengthen them so that they can be effective witnesses for Jesus Christ and they can do the work of God and the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. And we saw how in Acts chapter 2, that promise was fulfilled and the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples and uh, they were able to do the work of God with power, with boldness, with confidence, as we saw even in our Bible study today, that Peter and John with boldness were able to to uh, be able to talk to the Sahindran, to the council with boldness and confidence about the resurrected Jesus Christ. To the extent that they marveled and said, these are unlearned men. From where do they have this power and authority to speak with this boldness and with this confidence? Then they realized that they had been with Jesus. Hallelujah. So the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened on the day of Pentecost. And then we've been talking about other aspects of our walk with the Holy Spirit. Last week, we spoke about the baptism and the infilling of the Holy Spirit and how as believers, it's very important for us to be baptized in the Spirit and also to be filled with the Holy Ghost and to walk in the experiences of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And we mentioned last week that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a one-time experience comes upon the believer to baptize him but the infilling of the holy spirit is is a daily experience is a continual experience where we have to continually be filled with the holy spirit Hallelujah! like the apostle paul said in ephesians chapter 5 the verse 18 that we should not be drunk with wine wherein there is excess uh, or dissipation, but we should be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So, daily, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the morning, I was likening the the baptism and the infilling of the Holy Spirit to the manufacturing of a car. When a manufacturer manufactures a car, okay, the first time the car is to be in operation, it has to be filled with oil. It also has to be filled with fuel, whether diesel or petrol, depending on the type of vehicle. Amen. But then afterwards, When you buy the car and you are using it, you have to be continually, from time to time, you change the oil. From time to time, you have to top up the the petrol or the diesel. Otherwise, the car cannot move. At a point, it will stop moving. Hallelujah. And we can liken the experience of the baptism with the initial time when the manufacturer has manufactured the car and it now has to put in oil and put in the, the fuel. Hallelujah. But the The infilling is continual, like you using your car, and from time to time, you have to fill the tank, and from time to time, you have to change the oil. Hallelujah. That is the little analogy I can give you about the baptism and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So, that is what we have learned so far about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But this morning, as we are continuing, I want to talk to us about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Say it again, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That's what that's my topic for this morning. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Be with you all. Amen. This is um, a phrase or a sentence that we are familiar with. If you are not familiar with it, then it presupposes that you have not you've not been in church. Hallelujah. Because these are the words of the grace that we share. We call it a grace. By natural fact, it is the benediction. The benediction is the word of blessing. Hallelujah. And that is the word of blessing we speak mostly after church. See, let's share the grace and see the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forever. Amen. But in the actual context, it's be with you all. And that was Paul writing to the church in Corinth. And this was his concluding message unto them. And his, uh, how he concluded his second letter and wishing them well and pronouncing the benediction upon their lives. And the benediction he pronounced among others was that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion or the fellowship. If you read that version, like NIV and other versions, we use fellowship instead of communion. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Or the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Hallelujah. And I think the New King James also uses fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So that, that is... How we have the phrase the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Also, in, in uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, Apostle Paul again mentions the fellowship of the Holy Spirit or the communion of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So we want to discuss uh, what, what do we mean by the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the communion of the Holy Spirit, then how can we cultivate that fellowship and that communion with the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. The word communion of fellowship that we have there is from the Greek word koinonia koinonia and koinonia from the strongs greek dictionary can be translated or interpreted as partnership partnership can also be interpreted as participation or intercourse or communion or communication same word can also be rendered as contribution or distribution. Hallelujah. So when we talk about koinonia, the original text in the Greek, koinonia, it can be translated as participation. It can also be translated as partnership. Hallelujah. It can also be translated as communion. It can also be translated as fellowship. So when we are talking about the koinonia of the Holy Spirit, we are talking about the partnership of the Holy Spirit. The fact that you and I as Christians We can partner with the Holy Spirit to fulfill the agenda of God. Hallelujah. We are also talking about the fact that we can participate with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We can participate. We can share with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We can commune with the Holy Spirit. Talking about the communion of the Holy Spirit. And also rendered as communication, meaning that we can communicate with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And we can we can Contribute with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So, putting all that in context, in simple terms, we can say that the fellowship of the Holy Spirit has to do with the friendship or the, the relationship of friendship that we can have with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And as we seek to live the supernatural life and to walk in the supernatural, we cannot do without the... Or we can do without uh, the, the, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. It's something that we can't do without. It's something that we, we, we can't neglect. Amen. To be able to walk in the supernatural, you must be able to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You must be able to have an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. And no wonder one of the, the translations uh, for the word koinonia is intercourse. Amen. And as adults, we know that intercourse, in the, Greek, the, in the English word intercourse, also simply means sex. Amen. And that is what happens in the marriage union between the husband and the wife. And some people will call it as what? Sort of intimacy. Amen. So, quinonia is about intimacy, it's about fellowship, it's about closeness to God and to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. And Apostle Paul, in his his farewell, was talking about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and then the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So here we see the manifestation of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. And talking about the love of God, we all know the love of God. This is how much God loved us in that he sent his son, Jesus, to come and die for us. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. Hallelujah. God commended his love to us as in that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Now, that love ushered in the grace of Jesus Christ. So we are now obtain grace. By grace, we have been saved. Uh, by faith, we have been saved through grace, not of works, not by our own selves. But it's the gift of God. Amen. So the love of God ushered in the grace, and when grace was living us. When Jesus was living, he now promised that the Holy Spirit will come. John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. He now promised that grace will come. Amen. He said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will send the comforter. And when he comes, he will do what. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Amen. Another helper, another helper. The word another day from the Greek alos means another of the same kind. See, sometimes you can have another of different kind. You have one book. I can give you another book. And that book may not be the same as the book that you have. Hallelujah. But you can have one book and I can give you another book which is the same as the one you have. And the word another here is is the meaning from the Greek is the same. So another helper means, I'll give you another helper of the same kind like me. So the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ all shed in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. When he said that, I'll not leave you comforted, but I'll send you the comforter, the Holy Ghost. And when he comes, he will abide with you forever. And the verse 17 says that he will dwell with you and he will be in you. He will dwell with you and he will be in you. Amen. That is the promise. And that is the fellowship that the Apostle Paul is talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14. That the Holy Spirit as God can be in us, and he can be with us, and he can be our friend. So the Christian journey actually is about a walk with the Holy Spirit. It's about a walk with the Holy Spirit. But most times, we are not familiar with the Holy Spirit. And I pray that this month, as we teach on the Holy Spirit, that mentality will change. Oh, I said it will change. In the name of Jesus. Now, there are two dimensions of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. One is a vertical relationship between us and God. So the fellowship, the friendship, the communion between you and God is through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Then we have the horizontal dimension, which is the relationship that we have with one another as believers through the Holy Spirit. So you are born of the Spirit and born of the Spirit. You remember born of the Spirit, January. He's also born of the spirit. she's also born of the Spirit. So when we come together, By virtue of that birth, we are siblings, brothers, and sisters in Christ. Hallelujah. And so that relationship exists among us, and that relationship is also a form of fellowship. That's why in Acts chapter 2, it talks about the fact that uh, the early disciples, the early Christians, said that they they did what they, they worked in the doctrines of the apostles and in prayer and in fellowship. And in breaking of bread. Hallelujah. So that fellowship that existed among the early believers. Was as a result of the fellowship they had with the Holy Spirit. It bound them together. It brought them together. It united them together. And that was the prayer Jesus prayed for them in John chapter 17. When Jesus was praying for his disciples said. Father I pray for them that they may be one. Even as you and I and the spirit are one. So the unity in the Godhead, the fellowship between the Father, Son, and the Spirit must also be demonstrated among us as Christians. Amen. And that is why you cannot say that I am a Christian. I've accepted Jesus. I believe in God, but I'm serving God in my house. I don't need to go to church to serve God. It's an error. Amen. It's an error. The reason why it's an error is that since the inception of Christianity, Christianity has always been communal. It has been a fellowship. It has been a fellowship. So if you say you are serving God in your house, what you are doing is not Christianity. It is something, it's something else. It's some religion from another place that I don't know. Hello? And that's why the Apostle Paul says, not forgetting the assembling of yourself together, but as much as the coming of the Lord Jesus approaches, you should meet so much the more. And the early believers, they were, even, they were living in a communal society. They shared everything in common, did everything in common. Amen. That is how Christianity started. So for you to say that I'm a Christian... But I don't need to belong to any church. I don't need to go to any church. I can stay at home and serve God. It's a lie. But that's not my topic for today. I'm talking this morning about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Now to concentrate on our vertical relationship with the Holy Spirit. How do you cultivate that friendship with the Holy Spirit? How do you maintain that fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. First of all, you must know the Holy Spirit as a person. Number one, how to develop the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Number one, you must know the Holy Spirit as a person. You must know him. Can two walk together? No. Except they agree. That's what the Bible says. Two people cannot walk together except they agree. Amen. And you can't have a friend and you don't know that friend. By the time you say somebody is my friend, it means that you know him. Or you know her. For us to walk in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and have an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, we must know him. We must know him. That's why we spend time in January talking about the new birth and how to be born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. So once you are born again, you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, the Holy Spirit is in you. Amen. And with you, as Jesus promised. Hello. But you must know him and who he is. Because sometimes some Christians even think that the Holy Spirit is fire. Some Christians think that the Holy Spirit is water. Some people, when you mention the Holy Spirit, the idea that comes to your mind is wind. Yes, all those things are symbolics, symbolism, things that the Bible used to represent. The Holy Spirit. We call them the emblems of the Holy Spirit. But they are not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a wind. The Holy Spirit is not fire. The Holy Spirit is not water. The Holy Spirit is not a dove. Although sometimes the Bible represents him as a dove. But the Holy Spirit is God who has godly attributes. And aside that, he also has personal attributes by which he can relate to us as a person. It's a whole teaching itself. We have done that teaching before in this house. The deity and the personality of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I can't go into all that. But for you to walk with the Holy Spirit, you must understand and come to a realization that the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. Or maybe a she. Now people are debating whether they should, uh, they should uh, talk about God in gender form. or. I was listening to this. So now, people want to talk about uh, our mother who are in heaven instead of our father who are in heaven. <laughs> that, that's what they are now debating. So Somebody was asking them, so if you are talking about God in terms of male, female, or female, then how will you recite the Lord's Prayer? Are you going to say our mother or our father? But that is not what I am talking about this morning. Amen. But the point I was trying to make is that the Holy Spirit is, is, he is a person. So to put it. He is not an inanimate object. He is not a tree that cannot talk. He is a person. He has personal attributes. The Holy Spirit can speak. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. Ephesians 4.30. Grieved not the Holy Spirit with whom you have been sealed for the day of redemption. redemption. So the Holy Spirit can be grieved. The word to me so and rent mule. So he a table and rent mule. So you and rent but because he's a person that has a personality, he can be grieved. Amen. So you must realize and come to that understanding that the Holy Spirit is a person who has a personality. And for that matter, you can relate to him as a friend. And relate to him. Amen. The God that we serve, the Christian God, is a relational God. Right from the beginning of creation, God has sought to relate to us. Amen. There is a part of God that makes him able to relate to us because we are from him. We were created in his image. Amen. So you as a person, me as a person, you as a person, God in that sense is also a person who can relate to us. In the Old Testament, God the Father related to them showed himself to Abraham, showed himself to Moses, revealed himself to the prophets. Then in the New Testament, Jesus came, God came in the person of Jesus Christ and the word became flesh, dwelt among us and we beheld the glory of God in Jesus Christ. And at that time, Jesus on earth related to the people as a person, though he was God. Amen. I understand understanding something. So God has always been seeking to relate to us. How I many of you know that Jesus, when he was on earth, he had friends? He had friends. Amen. I at least I know of Martha and Mary. That Jesus could go and visit them in their home and talk, sit down with them and chat and talk with them. He related to them. Amen. I then after he his resurrection. He sent us the Holy Spirit. So God in the person of the Holy Spirit is now here to be with us and in us and to relate to us as a friend. So God is not only your father in heaven, but he can also be your friend. And you can cultivate that friendship and that relationship with the Holy Spirit. But Jesus even said that He is here to help us. He said, I'll send you another comforter. Comforter, there means helper. The paracletos. Somebody who is with you so that when you need help, he will help you. In other words, your personal assistance. <laughs> is somebody understand what I'm teaching at all? The way you are quiet, I don't know whether you understand what I'm teaching or you are confused. Amen. <laughs> I so the Holy Spirit actually, as God, is also your PA, your personal assistant. He's supposed to be by your side to help you. But that that relationship must be cultivated. And before you cultivate that relationship, you must know him, that this is how he is. This is his personality. These are the things he likes, the things he doesn't like. Amen. How do you know that? That brings us to our second point. You must study about the Holy Spirit. Study about the Holy Spirit from the word of God and from other Christian books. Study about the Holy Spirit. A lot of Christians have limited knowledge when it comes to the Holy Spirit. When they say God, they are okay and comfortable. When you say Jesus Christ, yes, they know him as the Savior. But when you talk about the Holy Spirit, who is he? And people start asking questions. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. That's why I like that Praise be him. Now, uyo, nyamibi. Amen. Ufi, eja, any You are God from the Father and the Son. Co- equal with the Father and the Son. Amen. So, you must study the Word of God. What does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? What does He like? What doesn't He like? How can I walk with Him? How can I hear His voice? All that is in the Bible also books that people have written that you can read that will enlighten you about how you can cultivate your, 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 your work with the Holy Spirit and your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And one of such books that I was recommending in the first service is Good Morning, Holy Spirit by Ben and Hinn. It was one of the books that I read in my early life, the early part of my Christianity that changed my walk with the Holy Spirit or my walk with God. Amen. Amen. So if you, you can get a copy and read. The e the, the, the book is around. You can get it on your phone and, and read. In that book, Pastor Benny Hinn shares his experiences of the, how he encountered the Holy Spirit and how he started moving, working with the Holy Spirit, and started moving in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It will enlighten you on how you can also walk with the Holy Spirit. And there are many other books that people have written on the Holy Spirit and on the fellowship of the Holy Spirit to know more about the Holy Spirit. So study to know more about the Holy Spirit. Some, he, he cannot be your friend if you don't know him. If you have a friend that you like, you want to know everything about them. Amen. I'm sure the time Henry saw Jamie and he, he was interested in her, and decided to like her and wanted her to be his friend. I'm sure he had to find out about her. Whether from where or from where, I don't know. Maybe from Jamie's sister or from Jamie's sister's husband. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe, from, I don't know, from Tema. I don't know where the connection was coming from. But by you did some search to try to find out about her. Who is she? What does she like? What doesn't she like? What way does she do? Or you didn't find out about those things? You didn't? Why? Because you are interested in friendship with that person. You want to know the person. Sometimes you ask them, what do you want? What don't you like? You study about the person to know the person so that the friendship can be strong and can be deep. The same way with the walk with the Holy Spirit. You must know the Holy Spirit. And the sure way to know him is to study about him. Read about him from the word of God. Study about him. Just tell yourself that I'm going to study about the Holy Spirit. Find all the scriptures about the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Especially in the New Testament and study them. And read them. It's a way that can help you to cultivate fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Number three, pay attention to and cultivate an awareness of the Holy Spirit pay attention to and cultivate an awareness of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will be in us and with us. Amen. But not every Christian is conscious of the fact that the Holy Spirit is in them and with them. But you have to be conscious of that fact that the Holy Spirit is in you as a Christian. He is with you as a Christian. So pay attention to him. Yes, he is with us, but sometimes our behavior and the way we relate to him is as if, okay, Holy Spirit unless I say Holy Spirit I say, Holy Spirit, I say, Holy Spirit, I say, Now we're here. Amen. But daily we must pay attention to the Holy Spirit. In that book, Benny Hinn says that one thing that he started doing when he encountered the Holy Spirit was that every morning when he wakes up in the morning, the first thing he says is, good morning, Holy Spirit. He greets the Holy Spirit. How many of us does that? We pay little attention to the Holy Spirit. Even, even in our worship, it's normal for us as Christians to say, oh, Father, we thank you. We give you glory. We give praise. Oh, Lord Jesus, may your name be praised. May your name be worshipped. How many times have you addressed the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I thank you. I give you glory. And yet, he's the third person of the Trinity who is supposed to be with us and in us. He's the one who's supposed to help us serve God. <laughs> Are you understanding? We don't pay attention to him, but he's there. He's real. He's real. And a your sure way to serve God is, that, is to cultivate that friendship with that, the Holy Spirit. The third person of God. Amen. I he's the one we have to relate to in this era, in these times. Yes, we have enjoyed the love of God. That love has ushered the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that made us, that saved us. It's the grace that saved us. But now that we are saved, it's the Holy Spirit who is with us as the Paracletos, as a helper, as a comforter. He's our comforter. If you are not close to him and you are in trouble, who will comfort you? Amen. So we must pay attention to the Holy Spirit and realize that he is there. He is there. And he is there for you. Number four, desire and pray for an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. You must desire for the Holy Spirit. You must have a passion, a desire from within to get to know the Holy Spirit, to get to walk with the Holy Spirit to have the Holy Spirit as your friend. The Christian life becomes sweet if you are able to cultivate that relationship with the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, it becomes burdensome. It becomes like a burden. That's why some of you, Christianity, has become like a burden. I'm sorry about crying, a burden. Amen. Amen. And by I a burden. I can't you, a burden. I can about Christianity you, ding ding burden. you, it's a burden. Amen. If we allow the Holy Spirit to take charge and take control and we know him and we are in fellowship with him and we are working with him prayer becomes interesting because you are talking to him. Bible study becomes interesting because when you open the pages of the Bible, he is there to explain it to you and to give you the understanding of scripture. Going to church becomes a hobby because you can't wait to have the fellowship with the brethren that comes by the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we must desire for that encounter with the Holy Spirit to walk with the Holy Spirit. Number five, seek to obey the Holy Spirit. If you want to develop and cultivate an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, you must seek to obey Him. You must desire to obey Him. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit speaks to us in so many ways through the Word of God. Sometimes through our inner witness, through the inner voice, sometimes through our own conscience, through our minds, he speaks to us. But the primary way God speaks to us and the Holy Spirit speaks to us is through the word of God. And The Bible says that all scripture is given by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So this Bible is the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it's the words of the Holy Spirit. Peter will tell us that holy men of God spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance. And that is what is written for our learning. Amen. So the Bible is the inspired word of God and the inspiration of the Bible is from the Holy Spirit. When you are obeying the word of God, you are obeying the Bible, you are obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when you walk in that obedience, it opens you up for the Holy Spirit to be able to walk with you. Aside the word of God, sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to us as Christians. How? Because of your own self, you, you will not know. But the Spirit knows all things. Amen. So sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to us. If you are not here, you say, why And sometimes God will lay something on your heart to do through the Holy Spirit. He can instruct you to do something. Your obedience to the voice of God will enhance your relationship with Him in terms of your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The one thing about the Holy Spirit, when he gives you instruction or tells you to do something and you are not doing it, he will prompt you. You are not doing it. He will prompt you again. You are not doing it. That voice will cease. It will stop coming. He will not prompt you again after a while. Then before you realize, that thing he was asking you to do, somebody else is doing it. And then it's leading to their breakthrough. See, ah, sad not way. Amen. But God gave it to you. He didn't do it. Obedience. Obedience. I was saying it in the morning service that when I was preparing this message, this dawn, then the Holy Spirit was talking to me about the morning devotional that we had to start this year. You remember? In Maticos Prayer Network, he was asking me, When are you starting? You have to start. (laughs) Like mommy has been reminding me. Amen. Amen. And when, if you don't listen to that prompting and after some time, that vision will get lost. You will not even remember it or you will not even have the, the, the zeal, the passion to start it. So we have to obey it. Uh, because of that, we are starting this week, this Monday, this week. Yeah. We are starting. Yeah. We have to start anyway. We are waiting for some equipment, but if we are not ready, we don't have money to buy them yet. We can still start. Amen. I we can start on Zoom. As for Zoom, I need my laptop and Wi-Fi, which I have. So I start on Zoom and I start praying on, on, on Zoom. If you, you, you have the ID, you join. Isn't it? Where yeah, you join. Then we start praying. Yeah, when you take that step and you start, you see that the Holy Spirit is happy. You start making way. The equipment you were waiting to get, it will now start coming. Our walk with God is a walk of obedience. Obedience. And the more you obey him, the more he relates to you, the more he reveals things to you, the more he speaks to you. What's the point in talking to you again when the one he has spoken to you about, you have not done it? Or you disobeyed it blatantly? Are you getting that point? So to cultivate that intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, we must walk in obedience. Number five, seek Okay, seek to obey the Holy Spirit. Number six, relate to the Holy Spirit in a natural way. He's your helper. He's your comforter. He's your friend. Relate to him in a natural way. Amen. Be of yourself in relating to the Holy Spirit. Don't try to imitate anybody. Don't try to be like anybody. Amen. Just be of your natural self. There are some people when they want you as a friend, they will pretend. You've seen that before Everyone people pretend to be who they are not so that they can you, they can be your friend but it's just a matter of time who you really are will be unfolded and unveiled and that friendship will break that that is how can we have this high rate of divorce in our days because people are pretending so in the relationship they pretend that uh, but when they now eventually come to live together, Then the rest that they can't pretend anymore. So the veil is (laughs) removed and the actual character (laughs) begins to unfold and they cannot handle it. Amen. I I gave the example of when we, we were about to marry and we started counseling. Then one question our counselor used to ask us every time we meet her was, have you fought before. The first time she asked, she said, oh, since we met, we have not fought. She said, oh, okay. Then, the next time we meet, she will ask again, have you fought? I said, no. Hey, <laughs> Amen. So, I think in her mind, she might have thought that maybe one or both of us may be pretending, because it was something she was expecting. And most marriage counselors will expect that. I mean, and yes, uh, uh-huh. sir. <laughs> and uh, so she was expecting that one day we will fight. In fact, we were also expecting it that one day we will fight. But to the glory of God, after 15 years, maybe if it is tomorrow that we will fight, I don't know. <laughs> After 15 years, <laughs> so at that time we were pretending. By the time we married, the first day you realize we'll be fighting. But you can't pretend for 15 years, isn't it? You can't pretend for 15 years. So, but we are still expecting it anyway. But the day it comes, we'll handle it. <laughs> <laughs> the day it comes we will handle it but not yet it has not come <laughs> but by grace having I mean, cross this side we know that the day it comes by, grace, by the grace we will handle it <laughs> amen amen yeah so be real in your walk with the Holy Spirit be natural don't pretend after all he knows everything about you he is God don't pretend be real and authentic with the Holy Spirit. That's the point seven also. He's real and authentic with the Holy Spirit. Open up to him about your weaknesses. Ask him to help you deal with your weaknesses. Amen. Sometimes we are running away from God and from the Holy Spirit because of the weakness that we have. But Whether you run or you don't run, he knows it. Amen. Amen. So instead of running away from him, come to him and tell him that Jack, you used to say, "Oh, Baba, You see the way I'm talking? That's how to be natural with the Holy Spirit and be real. Lord, Holy Spirit, you know you are here to help me. This is my weakness. Help me now. Help me to overcome this weakness, so that I can be your friend. Amen. See, some of you you have not come to terms with relating to God at that level. So you see God as some abstract Father who is somewhere. He's waiting for you to fail so that he will judge you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I can relate to the Holy Spirit at that level. There are times that maybe something is missing. You are looking for something. I said, own. Oh, Holy Spirit, please help me to locate this thing. Before you realize, you have found it. <laughs> That's how you walk with the Holy Spirit. It's a daily affair. It's natural. It's real. Amen. You can speak to him as you are speaking to your wife. As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit is closer to you than your wife, than your husband. The Holy Spirit is closer to you than the dress you are wearing. You don't know. Because he's in you. The dress is outside you. The Holy Spirit is in you. So you can talk to him anytime and relate to him at that level. Amen. Come to him with your weaknesses. Then ask for strength to overcome. Because he's a Holy Spirit, yes, he doesn't like sin. He doesn't like disobedience. But when you falter, don't run away from him. Come to him for help. Let him help you and keep on with your work with him. You have a friend or like marriage couples, sometimes you fight. But when you fight, it doesn't mean that we are fought, so we are no longer husband and wife. No. You settle it and you move on. Amen. You settle it and you move on as husband and wife. That's the same with our work with God and our work with the Holy Spirit. When we make mistakes, we ask for forgiveness and we move on. Number eight, the last one I want to end with, practice accountability in your spiritual experiences. In your walk with the Holy Spirit, in your intimacy with the Holy Spirit, practice accountability. What I mean by that is that be accountable to someone, be accountable to somebody. In your quest to walk in the supernatural, in your quest to move in the spirit, in your quest to walk in the anointing, in your quest to live the Christian life, have someone who you are responsible to or accountable to. Amen. I and that is to help you and to guide you so that when you are going wayward, somebody can correct you. So all of us, no matter the level that you have gotten to, there may be somebody in your life who can look straight to your face and tell you that you are going, you are doing, what you are doing is wrong. Change. That person can be your pastor, your mentor, your spiritual father. Amen. But by all means, there might be somebody in your life like that. That's how I relate to the, the fathers Pastor Eastwood, um, Apostle Prince O'Hinan Sare, Reverend Ancheba, uh, Bishop um, Alote, and all of them. So that one day, when they hear that I'm preaching on Facebook, on YouTube, and what I'm teaching is error, they can call me to order and to attention. And pick a phone and call me, Francis, what you were teaching the last time, it's not Bible, it's not biblical. (laughs) They are going somewhere else. (laughs) You understand? Yes, so you have to be accountable. There are some people, when they start working with the Holy Spirit, they think that nobody else matters. They don't need any counsel from anybody. They don't need any advice from anybody. And those people can easily be in error without knowing. Or sometimes you can hear some other voices, and I think that is the Holy Spirit talking to you. We may not be the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> I Amen. I Somebody said, ah, Is that possible? Yes. In history, history tells us that there have been people who were anointed, genuinely anointed by God, as men of God who preached and did great things for God but by the end of their ministry, they had gone into error. They have deviated. So you need to be accountable to someone. You need to be accountable. We all need to be accountable to somebody. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit is real. He's seeking for a relationship with us. And we cannot walk in the supernatural if we don't cultivate that relationship with the Holy Spirit. And How are we going to cultivate that relationship? We have to know him have to study about him, we have to read about him, we have to desire for that relationship, we have to be real with him, amen, and we have to um, be accountable to somebody so that we can enjoy the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, amen, amen. It comes with a lot of benefits which we cannot talk about today, maybe another time, but I can bet you the best thing that can ever happen to you is to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. and To walk with him. Amen. I I'm not saying to have a relationship with Jesus Christ because I know that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. And you have a relationship with him. But how is your walk with the Holy Spirit? And sometimes too, we desire the power, we desire the anointing, we desire the gifts want to do all those great things, but we forget the person who administers the power, the anointing, and the gift, the Holy Spirit. So On the day of Pentecost, the apostles were not waiting for power. They were not waiting for gifts. They were not waiting for the baptism or the infilling. They didn't even know what it was. What they were waiting for was the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit himself, as a person. And when the Holy Spirit came upon them as a person and as God, he came with the power, with the anointing, with the giftings, with the grace that they need to accomplish what God wants them to accomplish. Hallelujah. May you desire for the Holy Spirit. May you desire for the Holy Spirit. May you know him for yourself. Not what others have known about him, but what you know about him. That you can enjoy your walk with him. Let us pray. don't have much time to pray, but Friday, come for Gethsemane hour is our prayer time. We'll be praying on these things and believe God that the Holy Spirit will encounter us and move strongly in our lives. In the name of Jesus. But in the next one minute, just pray a simple prayer. Holy Spirit, I love you. I know you are with me and in me. I want to cultivate this fellowship, this friendship, this walk with you. Help me, Holy Spirit. Pray that prayer. In one minute. you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, Holy Spirit. We want to walk with you, Lord. We want to know you. We want to have fellowship with you. Help us, Holy Spirit. Cultivate this friendship with you. Come to us, Lord. Reveal yourself in us. Help us to be aware of your presence with us. To pay attention to you. To walk with you like never before. Strengthen our weaknesses. The things that drive us away from you. The things that does not help us to serve you and walk with you. The things that makes us scared to approach you. Deal with them, Lord. Deal with them, Lord. And for. From-